Patreon.com slash the walk-off podcast. Uh, $4 a month gets you in there. Baseball, Blue Jays, and more baseball. It's the walk-off with Scott Belford and Adam Mack. This ball is crushed. The diehard podcast for the casual fan. And another one. My goodness. Well, good afternoon, everybody. It is the day. Trade deadline day, August 1st. We are 30 minutes away from the deadline day being all and over we've got some trades to talk about this is mailbag we are live right now so i'm scott belford joined as always by the best co-host in the biz adam mack and feel free to get your questions in now everybody in chat as we will kind of be hitting those up as we go uh before we even get going too too far into this thing here uh Some news has come out. I'm sure everyone has heard that's watching this right now, but just want to reiterate that an MRI showed no significant structural damage to his knee. Of course, there's inflammation and he may very well hit the IL for a stint, but thank God, thank the baseball gods above that it is uh, pretty minor. I know that uh, last night, and I don't know where everyone else was, but buddy, I was being so dramatic. <laughs> oh no, I was I was part of the conversation with you. Yeah, Joel. I was just was I was just dramatic. like the season's done. Burn it to the ground. Everything's the worst. Why am I even watching baseball? Like I was being very very over the top. But uh no, slept on it. Woke up. I'm like, we'll see what happens, right? Trying to keep a cool head, but definitely exciting stuff that uh that both seems all right. Should we get into the uh the trades before we get into this, I know that's what everyone's yeah, going to be wanting before, to talk before about. Before we do this, uh, and Tunes Day with Johnny, I got your question here. We'll get to this in a second, but I want to start with Marcus G. Uh, thanks for not using insufferable clickbait titles like li- literally every other channel, Adam and Scott. In other words, Adam and Scott, thanks for being bad at YouTube. Yes, no problem. In fact, we're so bad at YouTube. Sometimes we just reuse thumbnails when Adam doesn't have the time to do them. <laughs> yeah. Did you like the thumbnail I made for you for Friday show? Yeah. The Friday sure did. The Friday show. Yeah. And then that's what I titled it. <laughs> Everyone was like, well, this is really the Friday show. Good for them. This is, yeah, we've really, really boiled it down. Okay. Um, yeah, trade so far. It's all been with the Cardinals, pretty much. Yeah, you uh you had the tweet breaking down this. I mean, in a way, this is a mega deal. If you just yeah, in a way together. They just they just did them separately and so it didn't feel as big, but truly you got Hennevis Cabrera, Jordan Hicks, and Paul DeYoung, all from the Cardinals, all within the last few days. And Sammy Hernandez, catching prospect in low A, Sam Roberts and Adam Klofenstein from AA New Hampshire, and then uh, Matt Svensson from high A, Vancouver, all shipped to the Cardinals in the last few days. I'm kind of impressed with the way they've covered their butt at shortstop when Boba Shep went down. Like, we're talking less than 24 hours and... Not that DeYoung wasn't kind of a fit already, but for how little they paid to get him, 
I'm kind of impressed with that move against left-handed bats. And just so everyone knows here, or uh, left-handed pitching, this is an outlier year. Normally, DeYoung doesn't hit left-handed pitching very well, but this year, his splits look substantially better when facing a lefty. Uh, his on-base percentage, 368, slug percentage of uh, 453, and OPS of 822. So pretty, pretty good. I'm um, looking at his numbers right now. Not offensive. No. He is known for his defense. He is definitely a step up defensively from Bo Bichette. So he's he's hitting 233 this year. He hit 157 mm-hmm. last year in 77 games. Uh, the year before, in 113 games, hit 197. He hit 250 in the COVID season. Uh, career batting average 233 and career OPS plus of 96. So defensive upgrade at shortstop. I mean, over I, he's a backup, right? Like okay. he's a guy who's going to play some second base when wits in the outfield, he's going to be able to platoon some splits. This uh, is what I wanted to ask you. Yeah. When Bobachet comes back, he's not taking Bob's job at shortstop. <laughs> No. Okay. Okay. I don't know. I don't know about much, much about Paul DeJong. DeYoung? Is, I mean, how do you say it? How do you say it, Scott? DeJong? It's DeYoung. De so young. it's DeYoung, like a Y instead of a J. DeYoung. And, and it's Raul, right? Like the P is pronounced like an R. Raul DeYoung. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. All right. I know you are. I know you are. <laughs> uh, uh, seasoned vet though got some experience definitely and i know the chat's going pretty pretty wild here about the fact yes uh bc blizzard 29 minutes left to get an impact bat now sitting at 25 minutes that is a big thing uh atkins knowing to operate in silence around a shroud of mystery and that's kind of been the case the jays of course have been linked to Teoscar oscar hernandez they've been linked to tommy fam all the Usual suspects, I think, that a lot of teams are stepping around. The Jays are doing the same. So Caleb in chat saying what happens to Bo. Correction, what happened to Bo. So last night's game, was it the fifth inning, sixth inning? Mm-hmm. No, it was, uh, yeah, maybe it was mid-game. mid-game uh, singles down the right field line. Rounds first aggressively. Uh, kind of gets caught in no man. He would have been thrown out by a mile at second base if he had to kept going. Throws on the brakes and jams his knee, I guess. Yeah. Didn't even return to first. To he just kind of stopped, went to the ground. I mean, walked off on his own weight, right? So that's a good sign, but was was done from the game. Yeah. And then everyone panicked all night. I lost sleep over it, you know, like a real adult should about their favorite sports team. But I was like, is it happening? Is everything crumbling? Is the world the worst? But uh, no, some pretty good news about Bo there. Uh, Yeah, everyone here love to see it. Many members of Discord have inhabited the chat here. So um, I know Ian says Discord has been a full-time commitment today. Um. Forbesy Jr. says preachy, and so glad you guys could 
make the switch of platform over to the live YouTube here. So this morning I woke up to rumors that, I mean, this is before the De Jong news, but also now's the time to go hard for Tim Anderson, the White Sox. Mm-hmm. I, I still like that move. Really? Still I don't know want, if he's a fit now that Tim you've Anderson. got DeYoung. Yeah? I don't know. I mean, honestly, Tim Anderson's numbers have been... They're pretty underwhelming for the season, but since the All-Star break, they've been very good. Hit his first home run of the year. That's insane to me. He has no power, but he does hit lefties well. I mean, if we're going to go to the White Sox, there are some options there. Two more years of control with Tim Anderson. He's under contract with a club option for next season and the year after it. I don't know. You know what surprised me? And I I messaged you and Joel this. Uh, All of a sudden, I really want to get Oscar back. Yeah, I mean, he does fit nicely into this lineup with what they need, which is somebody who hits lefties because not a freaking person on this lineup does. I kind of want more. Is that is that wrong? Like I want more, but I also feel like it would just be good for the team, like the, the chemistry in the clubhouse, because it, it's felt so stagnant to me kind of all season long. It's just yeah. wild. I, just, I don't know. I just feel like if he came back, it would be just a shot of energy into Vlad. Yeah. Baseball Jen's in the chat and says uh, they don't necessarily need a right-handed power bat, but they do need an RBI guy. And boy, isn't that the case. This team has lacked a uh, run-producing bat in the middle of the order all season long. We've, we figured that it would just come around, you know? Like, even 40 games ago, 60 games into the season, I was like, it's just going to happen. They're going to click. It's taking a long time, but, you know, there's what? 59 games left in the season. I mean, how much longer can you wait for this to just click and then figure it out? So obviously they need to do something. Hey, uh, reports are out. Pete Alonzo available for trade. According to the Mets, we don't have the, the pieces to pull the trigger on Pete Alonzo. Do we? I mean, we the probably could pull high. it off, but it would be emptying the farm. I mean, Aralvis and Tiedemann would probably be gone at that point. But how much time is left on Alonzo's contract? Two years? Good question. Uh-huh. Matt Finley says, uh, can we just turn back the clock and give the 2021 Jays one more win? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pete Alonzo arbitration year number three next year. Okay. Agent. Yeah. I mean, where would, I mean, Forbesy Jr. makes a great point here. Where would you even put Alonzo? Obviously, that's a pie in the sky. There's, there's, uh, no way he fits. I mean, if they're going to spend, pr- put him as capital, backup catcher. Like, go get, I, man, I would love to see McCutcheon in a Jays uniform. I don't think that, uh, they'll go out and spend enough capital to do it, but that would be a interesting piece to add. Taco time saying the O's look really good. And then Ian also bringing up the O's have yet to go out and get pitching. 
Can you, can you, everyone in chat, feel free to, to chime in here too. We're 20 minutes away. Do the Baltimore Orioles just stand pat? Adam, do you think that they don't do anything? I don't know. I mean, I don't even know what to make of this Orioles team. All off season, I thought they were going to spend big and they didn't. So, yeah. I mean, ultimately, the Orioles are in a different spot than we are. They don't, they don't have the urgency that their guys aren't close to free agency the way ours are. Like we really mm-hmm. need to make some strides, and I don't think they do it. So I think if they stand, no, pat, because despite all the talk the of division, of, they could stand absolutely pat and be like, yeah, yeah, we're still the Orioles, and then they got all those trade chips for next year i don't know it's everyone's least favorite talk the window talk and despite the fact that this front office has constantly been like it's not a window we have an entire side of the building open and this is just going to be free flow for years and years to come Uh, i think it's become pretty apparent with the jays there is a window and that window is now and it's probably the next two and a half years up until bo and vlad are free agents and uh, probably time to make hay might need to um, move some prospects you don't want to move to fill some needs that need filling. Eduardo Rodriguez. Yeah, love this. Blocked a trade to the Dodgers. Yeah, love this. From the Tigers. So Dodgers acquire Erod, and he goes, No, I'm not going to the Dodgers. 10 team, no trade clause. Uh, I'm I'm like shocked by this. I'm shocked that. He's playing for Detroit and said no to LA. That's what I mean. Anyone who anyone who watches sports is aware that everybody wants. I want to go to LA. I want to go home to LA. There are everyone's from LA and wants to go home and wants to go <laughs> to the sun. And uh, Erod says, you know what? I got used to Boston and Detroit, and if I'm not if I'm not pitching in in <laughs> the least desirable places possible, I don't even want to be there. So good for him. Uh, Erod with a 2.95 ERA and a whip of 103. For the Tigers. He's been the only good thing on that that Tigers team all year. Speaking of the Tigers, Michael Lorenzen wound up getting traded after all. The Tigers moving him to the Philadelphia Phillies. So the Tigers, they're busy, just not able to move Erod. That's right. Forbesy Jr. says Erod is a blue collar pitcher. <laughs> Blue collar guy. Gotta love it. Um, he's under, he's in year two of a five year deal. 18 million next year, 16 million the year after that, and then 15 million. He does have a opt out after this season. I think he opts out the season he's having. I don't know. He would need would he- a three year, $49 million deal. That's what that's what he'd be walking away from. So three years, fifty million would be an upgrade financially for him. Do you think, I think he I, opts out? He's having a good year. I don't know. That's up for him and his uh, family to decide, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, let's get to a question from live chat from the start of the day here. So Tuesdays with Johnny says, "My question is." How pleased are you with the moves made so far? Are you happy with with Ross, meh with Ross, or PO'd at Ross? 
You know what? I'm happy enough. I kind of like what he's done. I definitely think that the addition of Jordan Hicks to the back end of that bullpen is going to be a big deal, especially if you kind of zoom the microscope in a little bit and realize that after about April 28th, the dude has been one of the top relievers in all of baseball. He does walk a lot of guys, but the thing is, is when you throw 105, you're not giving up a lot of hits. And that's one thing that he is limited. He's limited his home runs as well. I think personally, it felt expensive when they made the move. But when you look at it as Henevis Cabrera and, and Paul DeYoung with it, it, it feels like, I don't know if, the Cardinals would have given up so little for DeYoung had they not already. Like, I almost feel like this deal may have somewhat been in place with the Jays, or maybe the Cardinals gave them a little leeway. I, I know that's not necessarily the way it works, but if the cards are, are wanting to get him out and it just seemed like the best fit and maybe even just a handshake deal of, you know what, we will give you Samro Burst, our number seven, who is going to be your number six prospect. Um, if you, if you just, you know, <laughs> allow us to massage that the young deal when the time comes, what did you think of it, Adam? Like, I know it's it, honestly, they're not moves that I'm like, we did it. This is it. But also they did address some areas of need. Well, <clears throat> is this the third season now that we're buyers at the deadline? Yes. And I mean, they added in 2020, if you want to really count that. Sure. Okay. I can't really fault Ross Atkins at the, at this. Like, to be fair, I can't fault him for not having a deep AAA system. Right? Like, you can't just keep spending prospects and then not run out eventually. So, I don't know. Um I'm excited about Jordan Hicks. Mm -hmm. I think uh, I would like to re-sign him. If we keep him beyond this two-month rental, I think I, I love the trade. I kind of felt that way, too, that maybe he was one of the reasons they were willing to give up the prospect capital they did is that they were like, you know what? This gives us a legit shot at bringing him on for he's three what, more he's, years. He's 28, 29 years old. Throws and 112 miles an hour. Like that's movement. the thing. That's the we thing. We just don't is that have that at all in our bullpen. Nobody does. Nobody does. Nobody, Nobody does. has a guy like he literally averages 101 miles an hour on his fastball. 70% of his fastballs are over triple digits. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, think about that. That is insane. That's not something a human armor is supposed to do. And there's about there's about five to ten of them in the entire league and start doing the math and realize there's 30 teams. And that's a pretty impressive asset to have at the back end of that bullpen. So uh, Simon corrects and says 26 years old. For 26. Thanks, Simon. Uh, he'll be 27 next month. But yes, the, the point remains true. Very young. Uh, Flamethrower. Failed starter, so he's got some length to him. Like, he can go two innings. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Jordan, like, I don't want to put too much love on Jordan Hicks because we really haven't... 
We don't have any fruit. He hasn't there produced yet. in a Blue Jays uniform right. yet. Yes. Now, I will say the whip is ugly. One and a half. Mm -hmm. Control, understandably, an issue mm -hmm. when you're throwing that hard. Um, scouting report on him gives up contact, but it's not a lot of hard contact. Jordan Romano hits 100 on, like, his best day. Especially mm -hmm. most of this season. Triple digits has been few and far between. Am I being too hard on Romano for saying that? Scott, do you, do you think Romano... Do you think of Romano as a high fireballer when you're yeah. thinking of Jordan Romano? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I mean, listen, he's when Jordan Romano is at his best, he's throwing 99. When he's not, he's throwing 96. Yeah, that's not like. It, it's not elite. Uh, I get what not, you're saying. It's not elite velocity, just from like no. a velocity standpoint. You know how we love the cheddar here. That high velocity is just. Uh, an aspect to the bullpen that is becoming more and more prevalent. And the Jays haven't had that. And when Romano mm -hmm. is our hardest throwing guy and it's still only high nineties. Well, I mean, I think when uh, he first was acquired, I brought this up. The fact that the hardest pitch ever thrown in a blue Jays uniform was actually thrown this season by Nate Pearson, 101.0. Um, the fact that Jordan Hicks, 50% of his fastballs are hitting the fastest pitch ever thrown in a Blue Jays uniform. And that was by Nate Pearson this year is mind blowing. And I know that we did bring up, can they resign him? And I know Will G brings up a really good point here that Hicks really sounded like he wanted to test free agency in his reaction video. And of course he does. Of course he does. But one thing that is a detriment to being Canada's team is that a lot of players, if you haven't spent much time in Toronto, you have this in this vision of it that isn't isn't the best, right? Especially, you know, you're probably going to get taxed more. You're living in a different country. And you know what? Giving him a taste of Toronto for two months, if you truly do wish to resign this guy, is not a bad way to recruit somebody, right? Yeah, get Drake to put a Jordan Hicks lyric in one of his songs or something. Let's go. Get get drake on the phone <laughs> <laughs> um no i jordan hicks feels like where i think the ceiling now is for nate pearson like that's how i, I kind of want to evaluate jordan hicks is like Best case scenario, Nate Pearson is a one-inning reliever late in the game who can throw 103, mm -hmm. right? And now it's like we just get to skip another year and a half of growing pains with Nate Pearson and just have Jordan Hicks be that guy who's like already doing it. That's mm -hmm. that's awesome. That's a massive upgrade. Like, just, and there's probably just an argument that to equation be from everything else. Just go, okay. This bullpen, been pretty good. Subtract Nate Pearson, add Jordan Hicks. 
Yeah. We're just going to add a guy who's like faster and can throw multiple innings. I don't know. That's that's a big upgrade. So we are seven minutes. I agree 100%. We are seven minutes away from the deadline. Another impact bat is off of the market. Scott Carter says, fam, just went to the Diamondbacks. And Jeff Passan confirms Scott's <laughs> uh, news there. So it is a done deal. The Diamondbacks acquiring Tommy Pham from the Mets. The Mets are just full on in dumping mode. Full golden turd dumping mode. A uh, few people in chat, too, saying Jack Flaherty to the O's. Oh, shit. They did it, eh? They actually yeah. went and got a pitcher. Yeah. So, there you it's go. funny. I was, uh, I was messaging on Twitter here with uh, Toonsday with Johnny in the chat were Twitter buds. And uh, he was talking about... The suspense is killing me. For, sorry, buddy. Sorry. He was talking <laughs> about uh, just uh, the Mets and, and Verlander moving as well. And just, it's so interesting what the Mets are doing. And it's just, um, I haven't seen any, like they, they spent all this money to buy this team. And now they're spending all this money to get rid of this team. And they're loading up on these top prospects, but like, I've, I like, and feel free to chime in here or anyone in chat, like the Mets, what is happening now? They're saying that they're not going to be contending until 2025, 2026. This is what they told Max Scherzer to get him to waive his no trade, which are they lying? Are they going to? And so my question for everyone in chat, so they here, told, the they reason, told, sorry, they told Max Scherzer, Hey, we're two full seasons away from contending. Two full seasons. away. You don't want to waste your last couple of years here. Yeesh. Yeesh is right, eh? But this is what I was going to bring up, and I don't know why I can't stop thinking of this, but uh, if money means this little to the Mets, and they prove at every turn hundreds of million dollars literally means shit all to this franchise, right? Steve Cohen is just throwing it in the wind. He's got infinite amount of money. So with that in mind, what do you think the likelihood that the Johnny's getting here before I get here? Uh, what do you think the likelihood is that they throw a number out so ridiculous to show Hey Otani that the Players Association is almost forcing his hand? Like, what if the Mets actually do something absolutely insane and say $1 billion? You are now the richest athlete to ever play any game ever in the history of the world and probably will hold that record until you die okay and he's like i you don't want to go to the mats and the union is like you can't turn down that money you you can't turn down that money <laughs> because imagine imagine the mets beat the next closest offer by 300 million dollars and I, I know that's insane and i i know it's very unlikely but look at what the mets are doing and look at how they're acting about money Yeah, I don't know. Mets, Mets <laughs> going after Otani is wild to think about. Um, eesh. Maybe they'll try and re-sign Correa next year, too, while they're at it. <laughs> um, 
We're three minutes away from the deadline, Scott. I know. No, I keep checking Twitter here. That doesn't mean we're three minutes away from no new trades being announced. Everyone will remember that it was what, Adam? 20 minutes after the deadline last year that Mitch White was announced and we all celebrated the big victory? <laughs> well, I think uh, Dimwit Merrifield was also a late announcement, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he he came in right under the the deadline there, came in around this time, but yeah. So keep hitting refresh. Uh, looks like the White Sox are open to trading basically everyone except mm-hmm. Louis Robert Jr. Yeah. Which is the only guy I really want. <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't say that. Yeah, Jack Flaherty's done. That's a done deal. Rangers to acquire Austin Hedges. Nobody cares. Rangers are going to be good. Man, the, uh, those Texas teams are sure pumping themselves up at this trade deadline, eh? Adam, do you think the Rangers are the superior Texas team at this point? No. No. No? Does anyone in chat believe that the Rangers are ALCS bound over the Astros who have just added Justin Verlander? I, 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 Tuesday with Johnny says the Houston-Texas rivalry is going to be really fun, and it is. It's, it's Taco Time says yes. Like, it's going to be crazy, man. Like, the Rangers have kind of gone, I mean, not kind of. There's no better example of a team that uh, has gone all in and that can buy a team. See? So many people are like, look at the Padres. Look at the Mets. You can't buy a team. Well, look at the Rangers. You kind of can. (laughs) Uh, Will G says Rangers are legit. Scott Carter, I think so. It is close. Ian, Rangers over Astros. So, We'll see, but that is going to be a tight one. And I mean, I think the emergence of the Rangers really fucked the Mariners' chances in 2023. Like, man, I really am so shocked that the Mariners decided to sell, but look at that division and they're making, you know, a medium to small market team and they've got to make these these decisions right more so than let's say Toronto. Toronto can afford to make, you know, make a little bit riskier moves and wiggle out of it because they've got more funds, but... Man, the Mariners selling, like when I saw yesterday that Seawald was gone, all I could think is I was like, okay, well, everyone's gone. Like they'll move Crawford, they'll move Hernandez. Like why keep them at that point? Well, speaking of Teoscar, as we're now at the trade deadline has officially passed, unofficially still may have some trades rolling in. Teoscar still with the Mariners. I don't care who the Jays go out and get. They better like it is. It is now six Eastern. It is right at the deadline. We know trades were kind of trickling after this, but man, uh, there better be something going down. Taco time, bringing up a really good point here. The real story is the crickets from the Yankees. Mm -hmm. Crickets from the Yankees. Yeah. Um, They didn't have the guts to sell, but they did not buy. Which for them is as good as selling, right? I, pretty much. I mean, if you even poke your head into Yankees Twitter, it is in full panic mode. It's a beautiful place right now. Great landscapes. Uh, oh, Jeff Passan is announcing New York Yankees have made a trade. Right-handed okay. reliever uh, Keenan Middleton from the White Sox. 
Hey, that's actually a pretty good add there to the bullpen. So they bolster their pen and are still rolling. Yeah, it looks like the only, the only Yankees trade I'm seeing. Oh, Blue Jays. Yeah, Forbesy Jr. kind of sums it up here. I think the Yankees are just saying we're going to try again next year, kind of. Uh, Per pass and cease not on the move. Yeah, man. I just keep refreshing Twitter here. <laughs> okay. Well, if this is the trade deadline, then for the Blue Jays. Underwhelming. If this is the trade deadline, underwhelming. I was really, really, really counting on them going out and getting a bat. They definitely needed somebody who could hit left-handed hitting, uh, pitching. Apologized. So we've uh, added two bullpen arms. Yeah. Genesis Cabrera, Jordan Hicks, and some shortstop coverage. Insurance. That's uh Forbesy Jr. says give it till 630 before the deadline is truly over, and that is the case. So let's not completely panic. Taco time says is Jose Batista still a free agent. They're retiring his number in 12 days, putting him on the Level of excellence. Hey, speaking of retired numbers, uh, Roberto Alomar's number 12 will mm -hmm. be worn by Jordan Hicks. Whoa, good eye, so, buddy. So it's officially unretired now. Off the level of excellence and onto the back of Jordan Hicks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm excited about Jordan Hicks. Yeah, so am I. And if Paul DeYoung I, plays second base, I'm cool with that too. I feel like that's probably an upgrade over Espinal and, and Biggio. It Not definitely when is. is there, but and if you look at uh Paul DeYoung's defensive metrics, he's substantially above average. Ninety seven percentile. Yeah, it's uh it's underwhelming. It's underwhelming. We'll see what happens. Things always roll in. I feel well, underwhelmed. I was hoping for something a little bit more substantial. I hey, mean, the here, truth is this. they didn't hey, here, give up here, much. Here's a, a trade deadline acquisition. Hyunjin Ryu. Yes, making his debut tonight. I'm very excited, man. Look, we talked about this in April and in March that this team was kind of poised to have like some free additions in August in the form of Chad Green and, and Ryu. Mm -hmm. If Ryu can like pitch to a four-ish ERA, I'm thrilled with that. Yeah. Oh, how can you not be? How can you not be? I was just, honestly, I was just hoping for a bat. Matt Finley quoting my mom here saying, I'm not upset. I'm just disappointed. And that's uh... yeah. <laughs> yeah. quoting your mom. Uh... Um, so if this is the case, then the prospect capital leaving this Toronto Blue Jays organization, really the biggest hit was Sam Roberts. He was picked up on the international free agent market back in 2020 in the pandemic year there. Uh, he was really generous with his time too. He came on the show a couple of times, uh, zoomed with us from the Netherlands. 
in his parents' basement the very first time. The kid's 21 years old and has four pitches that he hits his spots with. So definitely some serious potential with Sam Roberts, and you can understand why the Cardinals needed him included in the deal to, to move the needle there. But, uh, you know, outside of that, really mostly just question marks. Adam Cloffenstein was highly touted back in the day. He also was on the podcast. Uh, he made us cut out. Now we can say this freely, Adam made us cut oh, out. Oh, trust me. That clip is going up tomorrow. It's so funny because we sat down with him for an hour and then we posted a clip he had and he he got a hold of us. He's like, you got to take that down. You got to cut that out. But we asked him what uh, Vladdy looked like. We were like, this was the off season where he had lost 30 pounds and (laughs) cloth just went, I don't know what the big deal is. So he has a fat ass. No big deal. <laughs> Vladdy has a fat ass and everybody knows it. Of course, he just said that Vladdy had a fat ass like four times. And so he panicked when the clip went out, but <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. A uh, question from Will G in the chat says, Hey guys, evaluate the teams around us. Did our chances get better or worse? Uh, and did Houston lock up that other wild card spot? So let's go down, just let's go down by like wild card standings right now. So Baltimore, Texas, Minnesota. Minnesota didn't do anything, did they? Not that I saw. I mean, correct us in chat if we're missing something here as we go through. Um, Twins didn't do anything. Rangers did a lot. Yeah, the Rangers did a lot. They They were really good and and now they're better. Yeah. Uh, Houston Uh, bolsters their pitching with Verlander. That's probably the biggest ad of the contending teams, I would say. Yeah. Aaron Tampa. Savali to the Tampa oh, the Bay Rays. Did the Rays do anything? Oh yeah. Right. Savali. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Red Sox didn't add anything, did they? And Yankees uh, no, didn't. But they didn't sell anything either. Right. So Red Sox and Yankees standing pat. Angels made a bunch of moves. Yeah. And I don't I, know if it's helpful. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'd, I don't know, CJ Cron, Randall Grishuk. Yeah, that's about it. Um, well, they got the pitcher. Um, yeah. Who's the pitcher? Lopez. The pitcher the Angels got? Lope, Lopez was the um, bullpen piece, and then they also picked up... Um, why is my brain blanking? Can someone fill in the blank here? Giolito. Giolito. Just complete. Thank you, Forbesy. Yes. Wow. No. <laughs> Anyways, I would say Angels are one of the most improved teams, but they're still the Angels. Mm-hmm. Famous last words. I'm sure I'm going to eat those words. And uh, I don't know. I'm still more worried about the Yankees and the Red Sox than I am about the Angels. Not seeing any other trades rolling in yet. No. Taking a good look, and I don't see anything either. So, you know what, though? We'll see. It was a good move to get DeYoung with whatever's going on with Bo. It's an unsexy but necessary move. These bats just need to be better. 
I don't know. I mean, that's the real truth, but I don't know if, I mean, a hundred and some games in is going to happen at this point. I mean, it very well could turn completely around next season. There's a lot of experienced bats with a track record on this team that have really underperformed. And, you know, if we can see more out of Springer, if we can see more out of Vladdy, if Bo isn't out for too long, I mean, there's a lot of ifs here. Definitely. I mean, New Brunswick Canada guy says the Jays are screwed. I feel like that's a, a little bit of uh oversimplification of what yeah it's it's a little bit (laughs) um the truth is you look around the american league can you remember an american league that just didn't really have a super team like the rangers are probably going to finish at 600 so they're winning six out of four or six out of ten i mean like that's pretty good but it's not it's not the Los Angeles Dodgers of 2022, right? Like it's not, it's not the, I don't know if there's a team that's going to win a hundred games in the American league. The Rangers are on pace, but so I, it feels up for, it feels up for grabs. It's not like, it's not like I look at Houston and I'm like, they are unbeatable. Now, of course, when the Jays play the fricking Orioles and Red Sox, it feels that way. But I think that has a lot more to do with uh, what's between their ears than mm-hmm. it does that the Orioles and Red Sox are unbeatable. And I'm not taking anything away from those teams. They are good teams, but. <laughs> uh, Angels uh, are acquiring Dominic Leone from the Mets. Okay. Uh, ben Nicholson-Smith, Jen is reporting here. Ben Nicholson-Smith says that there are no late moves to report. So, so that's that it for is, the Jays then, at least. That's most likely the deadline. Well, I'm not going to lie. I am disappointed. I felt like there would be a bat that was added. Josh Bell to the Marlins, Forbes B said. Forbes Z says. Josh Bell moved again at the deadline. That's two years in a row now. Hmm. Those one-year guys, he's the real Josh Bell, uh, the new new Nelson Cruz, just year to year. (laughs) Kind of crazy. Kind of crazy. Um, if. Okay, so last, this past November, we traded Teoscar Hernandez for Adam Mako and Eric Swanson. If that was the bat we got back, it was Teoscar Hernandez. And in return, we had to give up Eric Swanson and Adam Mako. Would you have done that trade? <laughs> I don't know. I think Swanson's too valuable to to give him up there. But would I do Davis Schneider and Adam Mako? Yeah, probably. Yeah, this whole trade deadline, I think like not even just from the Blue Jays perspective, has been kind of a dud. I think. Yeah. Like rel- last I mean, year there was so much fireworks. Outside, I mean, a guy like Juan Soto wasn't traded this year. Yeah, all the talk the, of Shohei Otani and and the Angels decided to be buyers. So decided to be buyers. Mm. I mean, the truth is, and I mean, Simon Dennis here really puts a positive spin on it. With we have the number one pitching team in the AL, and our bats will improve. I mean, the the they literally can't do worse with runners in scoring position than they are right now. 
I think uh, I saw this on Blair and Barker that uh, the Orioles, all of the offensive stats are almost identical to the Jays. And the only difference, the only difference is just they hit with runners in scoring position. And there's a lot of statisticians and, and analysts that feel that's mostly luck driven. I mean, we're a hundred games in, I feel like the sample size is big enough that maybe it's not luck driven, but. Yeah, it's, uh, it is what it is. Buster Tiger says farm system is intact. Guess that's a good thing. I mean, yeah, there's no real, real tough, tough pills to swallow. We didn't jettison, uh, Tiedemann or Martinez. Mm -hmm. for Whatever that's worth. Will G says, I'm happy Davis is still a Blue Jay. Need to see the Rance Mullenix clone with power get his shot in the bigs. And a great friend of the show, Davis Schneider. Great kid. Love his personality and his perseverance. Because he's a dude who, for those of you who don't know Davis Schneider very well, AAA bat with the Buffalo Bisons right now. If uh, if he was on the 40-man roster, I think we would have already seen him in a Blue Jays uniform. It was really just a uh, roster crunch as to why he was left off. And they're going to need to figure something out as he's going to be Rule 5 draft eligible come November. So they will need to either roster him or trade him. But Davis Schneider is raking in AAA. He won the Player of the Month Offensively Award in July in AAA. The dude has shown power that he just hasn't really shown in the previous affiliate leagues that he played in. 24 years old. Plays third base, plays second base, plays left field, has time at short, can play first base. So he's really a, a jack of all trade. And who knows, he might wind up being really valuable to this team come next year when we see some of these holes open up like Matt Chapman leaving. Uh, Mantis Toboggan does say he's a little guy, 5'9", but he hustles and he grows a hell of a mustache. <laughs> I love a mustache. Okay, so... Blue Jays, relative to the American League here, Scott, where would you rank our pitching? Starting pitching. After the trade deadline here. I mean, I feel like it's right close to the top still. I still think so. Top three or four, I would say. Yeah, I mean, it's you could argue that it's, yeah, but it's, it's a top one third of the American League for sure, sure. and probably a top three. And bullpen? Top three, I would say, at this point. I think so, too. Especially when Romano comes back. When Romano comes back. Offensively. You got you to gotta put a negative. Why couldn't we start with offense and end on a top three bullpen? No, no, no. no. I got a positive <laughs> spin. I got some toxic positivity in my back pocket. Okay, bro. I can't wait. So uh, I would rank them right middle of the road where their stats say they are seven or middle eight. in the road. Okay, well, I felt really, really good about this team offensively back in March. Back in April. I didn't anticipate Vladdy having such a stinker of a season. Mm -hmm. But do you remember where the phrase September bow came from? He was very pedestrian for most of last season. Yes. Going into September, on August 31st, he was hitting 260 with 
an OPS of 725. And then in September, seven home runs, 406 batting average, OPS of 1105. Mm-hmm. He's, he's been doing it all season. But like, what if Vladdy just has a September Vlad in him? It's not at all impossible. What like, if George what if he Springer just hits, becomes... That's it, like, man. It's like the names on paper, I still get excited about. Mm-hmm. Right? Has it been disappointing for 100 games? Yeah, you betcha. But like, could we get Matt Chapman to be hot like he was in April all of a sudden? Sure. Like, this is where World Series runs come from, right? It's like you have the guys that maybe can... And you just need to catch lightning in a bottle. But, like, I'll still bet on this team. Vladdy can go 400 and have 10 home runs in September. Why not? That's not crazy to think. And, honestly, I just don't see any of the teams chasing them being infallible enough themselves to endanger where they're at. Like, listen, the Red Sox are a good team, but the Red Sox are not infallible. Only against the Blue Jays are the Red Sox fucking <laughs> infallible. Like, the Red Sox uh, lose when they should win, and they, you know, they are hey, who they are. I, we've lost two in a row, and then you look and you go, oh, but the Red Sox have lost three in a row. So, yeah, I don't know. I still feel good with this team. This is a big stretch coming up, though. We got three more against the Orioles. Ryu on the mound tonight. What are you expecting out of Ryu? You have any? What's a good outing for Ryu? Are you worried about, like, how many pitches does he throw? How many innings does he go? What is the metric that you're going to be keeping an eye on? Is the velo what you're worried about? I could give a shit about his velo. I want to see him hitting his spots with his secondary pitches, which is what he relies on. I want to see him uh, showing confidence on the mound. It's got to be tough facing major league hitters after not facing major league hitters for 426 days. So if he can get out there and, and go five to six innings and pitch 90 pitches and keep the Jays in it, give up two runs, three runs. I'm happy with that. Uh, honestly, I understand, and I give this feel so often, I've got it down. I understand my expectations for Hinge and Ryu should be tempered. That said, I'm excited about him returning. I can see him being a big player in the last two months of this season, far more of a needle mover than most people probably predicted. I think he's going to really force the Jays to make some real decisions about Alec Manoa, and I think that he's probably... With the experience level he has and the track record he has and the fact that he has never relied on Velo and has always been a Marco Estrado type pitcher that at 35 years old, he could come back and truly contribute and perhaps even make an argument for himself to be included on the playoff roster. That is what I expect of Hinjin Ryu, the ace, the guy who has been runner-up for Cy Young twice in the National League, a dude who is being paid $20 million. I mean, obviously, coming off of Tommy John, tamper those expectations, but I'm pumped, man. Uh, 
Should we talk? You're gonna throw a bunch of cold water on me. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good on Ryu. I'm, I mean, until he shows me otherwise, I got no reason to think he's he hasn't been putting in the work. I'm gonna just choose to have full faith in Hyunjin Ryu. Um, Alec Manoa. Does he? Do we? Does he do enough to keep it a six-man rotation the rest of the year? How long does that little experiment last? I think till September first. Okay. Maybe even maybe even sooner, but de- they're definitely going to roll with a six-man rotation over this meat grinder of I think there's still what sixteen, seventeen days in a row or games in a row here before the next day off. So yeah, we're gonna see a six-manner for at least the next three weeks. His last outing against the Angels um, was decent, right? Other than hitting Taylor Ward in the face. Mm-hmm. What did he do? He went four and a third inning. Yeah, 82 pitches, 53 strikes. Six strikeouts to three walks, one earned run. Mm-hmm. Quote after the game, by the way, Alec Manoa says hitting Ward in the face was got to be quote unquote the worst feeling ever. Uh, that that is spoken by a man who's never been hit in the face with a ninety right? mile an hour fastball. Right? I mean, <laughs> come on, Ward probably can think of something that's a, a worse feeling than hitting a guy in the face. So the only thing worse than killing a man. Is or the only thing worse than being killed is being the one killing a man. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, um, we'll see I, what happens. But I'm kind of with Taco Time here in chat. He's like the Manoa project needs to go away for the rest of the season. And uh, honestly, I don't even say that with malice. Like I, I say that hoping that the big man can get right and just to uh, try and build some confidence back up before 2024 because losing Alec Manoa altogether like that would really be uh, a black mark on the Atkins regime that probably and I know you came out and said it when they brought him up but you were like I'm judging Atkins almost solely on how Alec Manoa rebounds from this so we'll see but uh, I was and then I dialed it back after seeing comments from like Chris Bassett and stuff who were just like we are burnt out like we we can't keep doing a four-man rotation. Yeah. And then I kind of thought, all right, well, maybe Ross Atkins' hands are tied here. And it's like mm-hmm. the cookies aren't fully cooked, but we got to serve something to our guests. So Yeah. And nobody <sighs> wants Casey Lawrence and raisins. So. Right? Casey Lawrence and raisins. <laughs> no thanks. Sprinkles and M&Ms in there at least. Um, okay. We'll end on this one then. Okay. This comes from Patreon, Marcus G. Before Long comment. Let's okay, just uh, give a quick thank you to everyone watching right now where we have been up and over 80 at times and sitting at 75 right now. So all of you have joined the mailbag for the last hour and uh, shared our disappointment of not getting the bat we were hoping. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah. Go to her, Adam. Sorry, buddy. There you go. Um, so Marcus sent a message on Patreon. Um basically says or he proposed a Dylan cease for Alec Manoa trade straight across and says who says no to that um 
what I want to take away from this, obviously that trade isn't happening. Um, But Marcus says he's putting the over under on playoff starts for Manoa in 23 and 24 at 0.5. He's not pitching in the playoffs for us this year, right? Oh, there's no way. I, I, mean, I, I honestly believe even if he comes out and wows people, there's no way that they risk it. But I don't think he will. I think I think him hitting Taylor Ward in the face was the worst thing that possibly could have happened to his confidence that was already being proved to have been really thin and shaky. So That's a good point. I mean, for a guy who you need to be a bulldog on the mound, I'm not looking forward to seeing what a timid Alec Manoa might look like next week. Hopefully he's right back on the horse and he's throwing high inside. And, you know, the best version of Alec Manoa is going after guys like Aaron Judge and not being afraid of the moment. Mm -hmm. Alec Manoa. Regular season starts next season. How many do you think he gets? Do you think he breaks camp as a starter with the Toronto Blue Jays in 2024? I think the front office will do everything within their power to make that happen. You didn't answer my question. Do you think uh, he's a do you think he's a starting pitcher in April for the Blue Jays? In the first week yeah. of the season, does he start a game? Yeah. Yes, I do. I think he should break twenty starts. So next season we have for sure. Well, never say for sure. We have Jose Barrios. We have Gary Gossman, Chris Bassett. You say Kikuchi in his final season with the Blue Jays? And then I guess Ryu's a free agent after this season. Mm-hmm. Ryu's gone. So looking way ahead then to this offseason, this winter, do you feel good with Alec Manoa as just being our, our like, well, you want to see us go I get another feel- guy? I don't feel good. I mean, Alec Manoa hasn't given any of us anything to feel good about this season. He hasn't even really shown glimpses of himself. I mean, I guess you could hang your hat on that five or the sixth inning game. He he pitched against Detroit, who were basically a triple A team. Maybe you can take a silver lining out of those last four innings before he hammered Taylor Ward in the face with a errant fastball. I, I don't know, man. Like, Obviously, Aaron Aaron uh, Ginsburg says, isn't Tiedemann part of the plan in 2024? I don't know if he is. Tiedemann oh. really took a hit this year with not being able to stay healthy and staying on the field. Oh. He, he just was uh, promoted back to high A Vancouver to do some rehab starts. He started the year at double A and they were hoping to give him a full year at double A or at least until August ish. And if he was killing it, promote him to triple A, but he hasn't been able to develop like they were hoping he would because he hasn't been pitching. So I would be really surprised if he, I I think he will make his major league debut next year. There's just no way he's the Jays would be doing him a big disservice and doing themselves a re- putting themselves in a pickle if they were planning for him to be a contributing member of the 2024 starting staff. Um, we'll see. I guess what I would like to see 
is a, a world in which the Blue Jays have Gossman, Barrios, Bassett as our as our three. And then we have like a four guy competition for two spots. And if that's Tiedemann, Manoa, Kikuchi, and some free agent. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm still Kikuchi's been good this year. I don't trust him enough to just lock in a name in the rotation for him next season, though. We'll see what direction this front office takes in the offseason, too. It could be interesting. I know Kikuchi on one year, $10 million, could have some real value if they were trying to get creative or switch things up or whatever they were trying to do. So, mind you, with Ryu obviously gone, Kikuchi is the only lefty they have. So, unless they've got plans of jumping the gun on Tiedemann's development, which I can't see them doing, yeah, they probably need to try and figure something out left-handed-wise in that starting rotation. We'll see. Oh, I'm still no, bummed see. about the trade deadline. <laughs> I know. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's wrap it up there then. Okay. Thanks everybody. Really appreciate you following along. We will be back at it tomorrow. We're interviewing Jay Jackson of the Toronto blue Jays. So should have that out tomorrow or Thursday and then show as usual on Friday. We'll see you then. Take care, everybody. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Walk-Off Podcast with Scott Belford and Adam Mack with a new episode every Friday. Thanks for listening. 